Well, praise the Lord. God is good. I went right through South Toledo, McDonald's with no pauses and stops. And God knew I needed that today because we left the house way late. But we are here on this beautiful day to praise the Lord, to enter in and to worship. And friends, I got fresh bread for you today. The Lord has been moving. And, and I have another word that I want to release here that I thought I was going to release today um, that that I'm not. I have a fresh bread that came to me, something I've been thinking about. And then I was on the beach yesterday, <laughs> living my best life. And the Lord just gave me this. And so uh, let's pray. Let's pray. We're going to digest it together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this community. I thank you, Lord God, that you are not finished. God, that we are still just in the beginning. God, that you are working and moving. God, I pray for every single person here, Lord God, that they would grow, that they would mature, Lord God, that you would show them more of you. Rather, they've been living for you all the days of their life, or if they are a new believer, God, let them grow in you. God, let them be committed to you, Lord Jesus. Give us ears today to hear your word. God, open our hearts, Lord God, that we wouldn't just be hearers of your word, but that we will be obedient and doers of your word. God, help us step out in faith, Lord Jesus, when you call us to step on the water, Lord God. God, help us see people around us who need you, who need encouragement, Lord would you remind us, Lord Jesus, of what you have done for us and what you're doing for us and what you want to do for others in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So for the rest of this month and, I don't know, maybe into August, we are going to kind of just let the Spirit speak and be more just intentional of really tuning in, leaning in, and hearing what God wants to speak to us. Oftentimes we teach in sermon series. We have like a kind of a cohesive message that we want to do. And we, we take a few weeks to do that. And we love doing that. And I think that's a great way to teach. But the Lord spoke in this season, in this summer season, to just be open. So this week might be completely different than next week. And that's okay. And really, I'm, honestly, if you've been here more than a couple of weeks, you probably are already figuring that out. <laughs> That's how we roll. <laughs> that's okay. You can laugh at that, but that's okay. I, I was ministering to someone one time and they said, I don't like organized religion. I said, well, then come to our church. I'm telling you, you'll fit right in. <laughs> you will fit right on in. The Lord is good. He is good. And the spirit moves. And like the wind, you have to pay attention to what direction he has taken us. But today, the, the, the Lord gave me a word. And, and I don't normally title words like this, but... It's called this, a revelation of little by little, a revelation of little by little. I believe it was John Maxwell that says, growth happens daily, not in a day. Right? I mean, anything John Maxwell says is good, <laughs> but growth happens daily, not in a day. Let's think about it. If you're trying to get out of debt, it usually doesn't happen in a day. It's usually little things that you have to do to get out of debt. I only did that one time in my life, but um, <laughs> hopefully again, little by little changes. You want to lose weight? It happens little by little. 
My problem is, and a lot of our problems are, we want that quick change. We want that fad diet. <laughs> Same thing if you're try trying to, my, my son, Shua, he has been trying to build up. He's, trying to, he's been trying to build muscles since he was younger. And um, he's not here, so I'm going to talk about him. That's what happens. He's sleeping. Uh, I, was, I, was <laughs> I was talking to him the other day. Him and Jordan were on the couch, and they were wrestling around. I said, Shua, when do you get those He-Man thighs? As we used to say, you know, he, had, he, was, he was a little guy. But little by little, he has been working out consistently, and he has gained a lot of muscle. So often we want change, but we don't want to put in the little by little progress and work. And oftentimes we, we look at things and we'll see somebody and we'll think, oh, it's an overnight success or overnight even um, Sometimes we look at people and we're like, it's an overnight uh, sanctification and, and overnight, like they just, they change like quickly. And we don't realize that actually it's been little things leading up to where they're at now. And maybe they don't even know. And this is what the scripture says in the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus 29 and 30. I'm going to read two scriptures to you. And these are the foundational scriptures of the message today. And I've heard, obviously, have heard this scripture before, but I don't believe I've ever preached it. Or if I have, I don't remember. And it, it's powerful. It says this, and this is the Lord speaking. I will not drive them out from before you in one year. Lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. Verse 30. Little by little, I will drive them out before you. Until you have increased and you inherit the land. See, at this time, God told the people of Israel that he had a promise for them. A promised land for them. But there were enemies and giants that filled that land. And the Lord said he would give them that land. But God's people needed to trust him and to be patient. Ooh, is that hard or what? Patiently wait they were looking for a quick victory. They were looking for an overnight success, like many of us today. And yet, the Lord allowed it to happen little by little. He leads us in achieving our wins in life, friends, little by little, one battle at a time. He grows us and matures us little by little, one victory at a time. A time. And guess what? Even as we die to our flesh, oftentimes he reveals new things that we have to submit to lay down to him little by little, one thing at a time. And he is good for that. Because if I would have known how messed up I was at 19 years old when I radically turned my life around for the Lord, I would have been discouraged and realized, man, that's going to take a long time. As a matter of fact, I remember when I was in master's commission, it was a Bible school, a hands-on training. I called it the police academy for ministers back in the late 90s, early 2000s. And I was so on fire for God. I, anything. I mean, I would, I would stop a car in the middle of the road to go tell someone about Jesus that the Lord had spoke it to me. And I remember there was a girl, there's a lot of people, a lot of friends that were struggling in master's commission because it was very strict. It was very, very strict. It was, like I said, the police academy or, or like the, the boot camp of, of Christian ministers. Very strict rules. And 
she said to me, I cannot believe that you have only been saved for a year. Because at that time, I considered myself only saved for a year, even though I grew up going to church with my, with my aunt, with, with, uh, with my grandparents and, and different things. But at that time, because I only had lived for God for a year. Now, doctrinally, was I saved longer than that? I, you know, maybe so. But at that time, that's what I believed. And so I told her it was because in that year, I chose to be truly discipled. And every time the church doors open, your girl was there. Every time there was a prayer time, your girl was there. Every time they had an outreach, your girl was there. When they were cleaning the church, or Pastor Keith tricked us and said, hey, we're going to come do this. And we thought we was going to a fellowship, but it was like, eh, we're going we're gonna to sweep the, the, the sewer water out the basement. Your girl was there. Yeah, he was, he was innocent as a dove and wise as a serpent he was. <laughs> but that's how the growth that seemed to her to be so big was because it was daily and now I look back and I'm like that was nothing compared to daily putting in the work 20 years 21 years since then little by little more than that however many years <laughs> when progress in our lives seems to be frustratingly slow here's a few things to remember oh, who loves slow progress Yes. Here's a few things to remember. God's timing is perfect. Second Peter 3, 9 says this, Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. As some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Come on, somebody in the front row. That's a good word. I ain't leaving you hanging, buddy. I'm sorry. <laughs> he is not slow as we understand slowness. God is outside of our confinement of time. He is the one who is, who was, and is to come. He knew you in your mother's womb. He knows you now. He knows the day you were born, the day that you were going to close your eyes for the last time on this earth. God is outside the confoundment of time. And we need to get on his page instead of asking him to always be on our page. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. See, God didn't allow the Israelites to take the land in a year for two reasons. One, because he cared for them. And he knew unoccupied spots should not be left in the land because if so, wild beasts might multiply and become a danger to the Israelites. So he knew this. And also because Israel wasn't ready for it. <laughs> he wasn't ready for it. Josh had it in his heart to plant a church after three years of starting our South Toledo campus. God knew that was our timing, but we weren't ready for it. We weren't mature enough. We weren't at the level where God wanted us to be to be able to handle the pressure. And sometimes I have to remind myself now because I could have a dream of what I can see happening. And maybe I'm still not ready for all of it yet. Maybe you're not. 
Because God cares more about you and your growth and your progress than you supposed to be in successful according to the American standard. That is not kingdom standards. Kingdom standards of success is being obedient to God's perfect will in your life. Somebody, come on. <laughs> I love you guys. You're so fun. God knows what we can handle, and we must wait on his timing and take one thing at a time, one battle at a time, one problem at a time. I remember when my oldest, <laughs> he ain't here, when my oldest was younger, he used to say, oh, Christians, always say the word season. Season, it's like such a Christian word, and it's funny that we mentioned it today, but he was talking about when we're like, well, it's not the season to do this yet, or it's not the season to do that yet, but this is the thing about seasons. If you don't understand the season that you're in, you could try to be reaping a harvest in wintertime. And you're going to find yourself extremely frustrated in the wintertime if you're trying to gain a harvest. Instead, in the wintertime, our roots are going deeper. We are still growing in the winter, but not outward, but downward, deeper. And friends, we have to get deeper roots for greater fruit. You want fruit? You want to see this? We have to go deep because guess what? The Bible says that in the last days that even the elect would be deceived. And do we not see this today? There's such deception in the world that we need discernment like never before. And we need deep roots. So when the worries of the world come and when the, when the tricks of the enemy come, they are not going to knock you down. You might, get, you might get, you know, winded by it for a moment. It might confuse you for a second. Even, even so, if you have deep roots, you are not going to be uprooted. You are not going to be uprooted. And we have to understand our seasons. God has perfect timing. Never early, never late. It takes a little patience and a whole lot of faith. But it is worth the wait. It is worth the wait. That's a Catholic poem and I thought it was awesome. God has perfect timing. Never early, never late. It takes a little patience and a whole lot of faith, but it is worth the wait. We have to learn to wait on the Lord. The Bible says if we wait on him, we will mount up on wings like eagles. We will run and not grow weary. We will walk and not faint. Friends, we have to learn to wait on the Lord for his timing. When he says go, we go. When he says stay, we stay. When he says plant, we plant. When he says harvest, we harvest. When he says it's winter season in our life, we allow those roots to go down deep. When it's summer, we praise him in the sunshine, friends. We have got to learn our season, and we have got to learn his timing. There's rhythms. He, he, you see it all throughout the Bible, and we have to get in sync with God again and his timing in our life, in our life. So often we miss the blessing of now because we're waiting for tomorrow. How many of you guys remember when you were in junior high, you could not wait to get to high school? Oh, I'm going to be in high school. I'm going to be a real teenager now. I can't wait. How many of you guys remember that you couldn't wait when you were under fr uh, freshman to get to the level where you could go to prom, girls? Come on, get that cute dress on. You just couldn't wait until that season. How many of you remember when you were like 17, you couldn't wait to be a grown person at 18. 
And how many of y'all know you was not grown at 18? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I remember not be, I remember I couldn't wait to turn 25 because my dad taught me true adulthood. It doesn't start in your brain until you're 25 years old. That's when your brain is more fully developed. I'm like, I can't wait. I remember turning 25 and I taught my dad I'm a true adult now at 25. I remember I couldn't wait for my first baby. I remember whoo, after that I was like, Lord, let's wait a little longer. <laughs> Two and a half years later, I couldn't wait for that. When I was eight months pregnant, I couldn't wait for that kid to be born so I could have a break to know I didn't really have a break. Come on, somebody. I can't we, we can't wait for whatever is next and we're missing what is now. You might miss the blessing that's right before you, waiting, because you can't wait for the next one. Friends, growth happens daily, not in a day. We have to learn to wait on his perfect timing. The people of Israel had to wait on God's perfect timing. It was, they couldn't go in and take the land right away because they weren't numerous enough to be able to really, truly cultivate the land. They couldn't, um, and the enemy would have multiplied too soon. The, the uh, wild animals would have came too quickly because they weren't numerous enough. Friends, we have got to learn that God's timing is perfect. He understands why. So as we are in this frustratingly slow time in our life, we need to remember God's timing is perfect. We also need to remember in the wait, God tests our heart. Judges 3.1, if you would look up the scripture that, that we start with in Exodus, this is a one that they would call a cross-reference scripture. So sometimes you're reading a scripture and there's like a little number if you're reading like a, a paper Bible, like like. Um, my brother here in the front row has, and you look at that little number and it'll give you a reference to another scripture that is related to it. And this is a scripture that's related to that. And we see it in Judges. And it's in Judges 3.1. It says, these are the nations the Lord left to test, to what? Test all those Israelites who had not experienced any of the wars of Can Canaan. We got a generation that don't know how to battle anymore. We got people in the church that don't know how to fight anymore. And the enemy comes and we give up. Let me make an appointment to my therapist. Listen, I'm studying to be a clinical counselor. But friends, we still need Jesus. And if you're going to a therapist, but you haven't even been prayed to the great counselor, Jesus, the Holy Spirit who knows everything. Let's rewind a little bit. Go to therapy, but don't forget Jesus. Don't forget that he's the one. He's the one who can change you. He's the one who can bring comfort to you. He's the one who can give you insight. He's the one that can open, open your eyes. He's the one who can teach you that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We've got to learn to fight again, church. Oh, and I'm not talking about keyboard warriors on Facebook. Come on. You know, young people won't even get on Facebook because they say it's the old people social network because y'all is, woo. Feisty on Facebook. I mean, feisty. People just ready. I put on an article. I'm just like living my best life. Uh, usually I uh, put things on. Uh, I schedule things. I'm not necessarily even on there when I put things on. I schedule a lot of my, my posts ahead of time. Boy, people are just waiting. Like, oh, I'm ready to fight. You're fighting the wrong thing. You're fighting the wrong thing. We need to fight in intercessory prayer. 
we had a moment at, at camp this, this season, this year, and uh, my daughter was praying for somebody, and at the time, the girl um, didn't, didn't necessarily receive what, what all my daughter had to pray, and so my daughter came to me, and she was super discouraged, and she said, this person left, and they didn't want to, you know, like, I really felt God. I really uh, wanted to pray for them. This person, you know, they left, and I said, baby girl, I said, we can't want for people more than they want for themselves. I said, if you feel that passion, that is God. You intercede. God can do for that person way more than, than you can. And so it's not about you laying hands and praying. It's you being obedient to intercede and to pray. And she, at that time, then got on her knees, and she started praying, declaring things. She got her hand going like this, and I said, yes, Lord. Because, it, listen, revival belongs to the intercessors. I said, when, when this Pentecost movement birthed again in the early 1900s, it was because of intercessory prayer, because people learned to do their battle in prayer and worship. They learned to fight in the spiritual realm, and we don't know how to do that anymore. We give up too soon. We try to fight people, and we try to fight all this other stuff, and we don't take it to prayer. We have got to learn that God allows these things in our life to test our, our heart, to teach us things. And maybe you're going through some things because he wants to teach you to battle spiritually. Maybe you're going through things because he wants to mature you spiritually. You remember Kimber said that one of her friends in the, in the mission field said that they don't trust anybody who hasn't wrestled with God, who hasn't wrestled with what they believe, who hasn't been through a little persecution. That in some countries, that if, they, if a pastor hasn't been persecuted, they're not even allowed to be a pastor. This is what the scripture says. We are tested by fire. Well, come on, friends. We are tested by fire. 1 Peter 6, or 1, 6 and 7. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little, for a what? A little while you may have had to suffer in all kinds of trials. These have come so that you, are, so that your proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even through refined by what? Fire. Refined by fire may result in the praise, glory, and honor of Jesus Christ who is revealed. A faith that has not been tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. We are refined by fire, and we've got to allow God. You remember the times that, that we would pray and ask the Lord to search us. See, little by little reminds me of a blog that I wrote years ago called The Little Foxes That Spoil the Vineyard. See, so often we're looking for that lion, the enemy who warms around like a lion. Sometimes he comes at us like a lion, but sometimes or more often it's the little foxes you don't notice that ruin your vineyard, that ruin your fruit. It's the little one degree off course that all of a sudden you're 500 miles away from your destination. We have got to get back on examining ourselves and saying, God, search me. What is this little by little thing that I've gotten off course? What is the little white lies? I've told. Come on, somebody. What's the little bit of looking at something I shouldn't look at? What's the little bit of gossip I've allowed in my life? We have got to ask the Lord to search us 
Because the same way as growth happens little by little, getting off track happens little by little. God is testing us in the way. You know what else he's doing? He is transforming your character in the way. Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing will. When was the last time, saints, that you said, God, search me, show me the hidden sins in my life? Instead, we're too busy looking at how these obvious sins are going on in the world that we have not noticed our own hypocrisy. And we need to ask the Lord to search us because, listen, friends, God formed us, but sin deformed us, and Jesus can transform us. we got to allow him to do the work. 2 Peter 1, 3 through 10, this is quite a chunky bit of scripture here, and I believe I just saw this. Um, Aunt Margaret, I feel like I saw you, you post something about this. Anyway, it says this, his divine power has given us everything we need for godly life, everything we need for godly life, our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these things, he's given us a very great and precious promise. The promise is coming, friends, so that through them you may participate in his divine nature, having escaped the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add faith to your goodness, right? Add faith to goodness and goodness knowledge and knowledge self-control and self-control perseverance and perseverance godliness and godliness mutual infection and mutual infection love. If for you possess these qualities in increasing measure, and how much measure? Increasing measure. They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of your Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted. What? And blind, forgetting that they had been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to conform your calling and or to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Never stumble. Oh, dear Jesus. This is the thing. God wants to transform us. But sanctification, friends, that big word that means set apart. And it means to be made holy. It is progressive. There's a picture. Did you put that picture of the sanctification? Do you put it right here? Can you find that? It's a ste it's steps right here. This is sanctification process. And this is actually from a biblical counseling center. It's the foundation. Then it's the hard work. And then it's the payoff. And it, it takes time. It's committing to obey God and trust him. That's faith. It's virtue. Desiring to please God. Desire to be morally excellent. I'm in an ethic um, class right now. And we're learning about different kinds of ethics. And there's an ethic called virtue ethics. And friends, what we get confused now is we virtue signal other people and we tell them how to be virtuous while we ourselves don't live what we speak. And God caused that hypocrisy and we've got to learn to say, here I am, Lord. Let it start in the foundation with me that I would have a desire to please you. Come on, amen, somebody. Then we add the knowledge, learning God's way, applying the Bible to our everyday life. And that's just the foundation that most of the church does not have quiet today. Hard work. Oh, 
I told my girl Lydia today, I said, you are proving everybody wrong about Gen Z. This girl works so hard, hours after hours. I'm like, girl, take a break. Rest is godly too. But listen, hard work, we need to do that. We need to have hard work. Self-control. Woo. Don't everybody love that fruit of the Spirit? The only control in the Bible that is godly is self-control. All other control is witchcraft. We work so hard trying to control the environment around us, the people around us, our job, our spouse, our children, <laughs> that we forget the only control in the Bible that is glorified, that is sanctified, is self-control. Let us apply that work to ourselves. Ooh, and then our other favorite through the spirit, perseverance, a.k.a. patience, a.k.a. long suffering. Look it up. Look it up in the Greek and see what patience means. It doesn't just mean waiting a long line in Walmart, then trying to switch to another. Guess what? Then all of a sudden that light's going to go off because I got the long line anointing. Whatever line I pick is going the slowest. I'm like, God, daily, growth happens in a day. I already know. Stay where I'm at. If I move, it's going to be slower over there. <laughs> there we go. I'm never learning that self-checkout. I don't go to the grocery store to do the work. But <laughs> that's my, I'm keeping somebody employed at Walmart, doggone it. Hard work. <laughs> Hard work. That's right. The millennials don't even go in the grocery store anymore. They do it online, and then they pull around the back of the store, and people bring it out. I'm like, what? Uh-uh. Um, <laughs> that's cool. It's just me and the boomers up in the grocery store. I love it. Hey. <laughs> hard work. Okay, y'all gave me distracted here. Hard work. God wants us to do that hard work as part of it. And then the payoff. We want to skip from faith to payoff. Okay, payoff, that's when we add the god godliness, the brotherly kindness, the love. That's when we start seeing the fruit, friends. But you got to go through the process of sanctification. It is progressive. It takes time. God transforms us, but it takes time. Josh and I were reflecting here recently of how we've been married for 21 years. And in that time, I've, believe it or not, become more laid back. You know, you... Some of y'all, some of y'all didn't know. My mom's nodding. Anthony, do you remember? <laughs> Those who knew me back pre-Josh days, I have become more laid back. Becca saw the whole progressive progress. Uh, used to help babysit the little kids. I mean, I'm telling you, Josh, Joshua, my oldest, would be like, Mom, I used to get spanked at two years old for touching the coffee table because it would leave a handprint. Here's Justice jumping off of the coffee table or dancing on it. I said, son, you've helped me become a better parent. Thank you. Thank you. I was uptight. I used to organize this kid's toy box. Who does that? People with one kid. <laughs> I used to organize his toy box. I did. I would clean off his little cars. And I would say, I mean, he had some good things, too, because none of the other kids had me sitting down there playing. That's why this child talked at 18 years old, because I would play with him. Instead of going room with the cars, that's when that cartoon came out. Our cars had conversations. Our cars got married. They learned how to have family. Like, for real. <laughs> but what am, I even, what am I even talking about, y'all? What was the point of this? Okay, so we're reflecting on how we've changed over the years. I used to be super uptight about every little dumb thing that does not matter. It doesn't matter. My kids, I can't cry every time they spill milk. Because I am, I mean, listen.
Listen, they are teenagers now. And one of them got, got uh, a cool little, and I'm resistant. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. I'm not bragging, Lord. You know that's you. At DQ, right, they got a cool little, what are those things called? Blizzard. I asked all these teenage kids to grab their stuff out of the car when we got home late last night. You know, one of them forgot. I hit a little bump. Boom. There goes that melted blizzard. It's all over the car. Hopefully you can make those boys clean that up. Um, <laughs> but guess what? Joy, back in 2003, uh, 2004, 2005, when Shua was like a little toddler, would have slapped the little kid's hand and had a little fit. Here they are now, teenagers that know better. I'm just like, you know what? Kids are kids. Whatever. The, you know, I can't, I, I mean, I want to teach them responsibility and they need to clean it up, okay? I'm not saying let things go, but I'm saying for me, I was too uptight and I did not care. About, I, I cared more about this what be good behave do da, da, da. that i didn't take time to get to know their heart to really cultivate their heart to really disciple them like i have now and and with the other ones that are coming up and i've learned that i have had to learn to become more laid back in order to have a relationship with my children and josh had to learn to become more aggressive <laughs> this man is like a duck Whatever you say is wrong right off of him. <laughs> it is a compliment. Ducks don't get wet. They just let it roll right off of them, right? Ducks, right? Boom, let it roll right off. That's why you get, like, the little duck boots and stuff, right? Like, it's waterproof. Like, I, I <laughs> a big, giant, a cool duck, okay? Like, a cool, muscular. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Y'all killing me. What I'm trying to say is this man was so laid back that nothing ever really bothered him, so therefore it shouldn't bother anyone else. But now middle-aged Josh don't play that. Don't mess with him. Middle-aged Josh will let you know. But he had to become a little bit more um, driven and assertive, and I had to become a little bit more laid back and chill, just a little bit more. Okay? Listen, I'm still not like chill, chill. And he's still not like super, right? But we balance each other out. <laughs> and that's what growth is, is little by little. That didn't happen the first year of our marriage. We were still fighting over everything then. That happened little by little. That when my best friend was away from us for a decade, she came back. She said, oh, my goodness. You even make facial expressions like the man. Apparently, I now sneeze like him. I had a few sneezes. All the kids were making fun of my sneezes. And Josh came in. He's like, you got to take everything from me. That was my sneeze. I'm like. <laughs> Can't have anything. <laughs> you even took my sneeze. It happens. It happens. Little by little, we change for the better with each other through the grace of God. And that's a, an example of people who've been married for, for many years. But guess what? The walk that you have with the Lord, if you learn to grow little by little, your transformation is not going to happen in a day. It will happen daily. It, it will happen daily. Sanctification is what brings transformation, friends. Don't give up too soon. And finally, another thing we can remember, and this is the last point here, when things seem to be going frustratingly slow, in the wait, we can remember God can be trusted. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, one of the most popular scriptures that I see. Trust in the Lord 
with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Philippians 1, 6, one of my favorite New Testament scriptures. For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work among you will complete it by the day of Christ Jesus. That means by his return or the day you meet him. That means he's going to work on you from the moment you got saved to the moment you close your eyes and you see him in heaven. He is gonna, it is going to be an ongoing daily work. And aren't you glad for that? I'm so glad that little by little he showed me my, not just my obvious sin, but my hidden motivation. I'm so glad little by little he showed me not just my obvious sin, but my little irritants, my little attitude problems that I, I justified, feelings that I justified that weren't facts. I'm so glad little by little he showed me these things instead of all at once because he can be trusted. We need to get a revelation today, a revelation that in the wait, God is working on you and through you little by little. His timing is perfect. He tests your heart. He's transforming your character, and he can be trusted. If he said he's going to do it, he's going to do it. The promise is still yours. He's just giving, getting you ready to receive it. So let's stand to our feet today and pray. The Lord is good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just close your eyes and bow your heads before the Lord. Jesus. I just feel that there's uh, some people in here today that that has been dealing with some disappointment in their life. (laughs) And you've allowed that disappointment to, to almost bring about like a discouragement that's almost that's very close to sometimes even feeling like depressed depression on some days and it stems back from disappointment and sometimes it's the little disappointments and the lord wants to set you free from that today if that's you would you raise your hand before the lord if that's you yeah i i feel the lord saying this too that sometimes those disappointments They're rooted in being disappointed in yourself. I should have saw that. I should have noticed that. It's too late for me. I've already gotten off course one degree. It's too late to get back on. Little by little, you can get back on track. You can't do it overnight. It takes time. Experts say that if you want to make change, you add one new habit every 21. Sometimes now they're saying 30 days. You can't add it all at the same time because you're going to fail. If you try to say, okay, I'm going to eat right and I'm going to exercise. I'm going to run a marathon next week. You're going to fail because it takes training. It takes time. And friends, there's purpose in our failures. Don't beat yourself up. The Lord wants to show you that it's not too late. It's not too late to not give up. The scripture in Galatians says that if you do not give up, you will reap a harvest in God's due season, season in his due timing. If that's you today and you've raised your hand before the Lord, would you take a step of faith and would you just come up here and you stand right here. And as you take that step of faith, that little step of faith from your seat all the way up here, we're going to believe God is going to do something. I saw several of you raise your hand. If, you, if that was you today, would you just come up here? I want to pray for you. The Lord wants to speak 